Luisa Rise wins the American League batting title. Louis Varlin looks very good in his final start of the season in the Twins finale. It's over, and it's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24 7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com/slash locked on MLB. To learn more again, this is Nash Walkerman hosting this podcast on a daily basis for three seasons. We've completed three seasons on a daily basis at Lockdown Twins. I've been writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com for now four seasons, and uh, it's always a bittersweet day. It really is every year. It's a bittersweet day. It's it's a bittersweet day when the season ends. You know, even in the playoffs, when the Twins are eliminated in the playoffs, it's still bittersweet. It sucks. It sucks. You never want to see it happen. And then in those seasons, you kind of look back and say. Like, what a fun regular season. I'm thinking specifically of 19, and they, they should have won in the playoffs, and they didn't. But no matter how it ends every year, regular season, postseason, it's always bittersweet. It is. It's bitter because you didn't. they were nowhere near where they needed to be this year, and it's sweet because the season's over, and now we can kind of close the book on a terrible September and a terrible second half. So for that, I am grateful. And for Luis Arise, I am grateful. He wins the American League batting title. Wednesday goes out with with style. He's one for one with a double, draws two walks in similar Luis Arise fashion. Uh, what a year for Louis and a down second half by his standards, injuries and the hamstring and you know ineffectiveness. Still a just phenomenal season. He's the American League batting champ. Nobody's surprised Luis Arise is a batting champ. It was uh, it was an easier easy prediction in 2019, and I kind of broke this down last night. If anybody on this on this team, and really you could make a case that anybody in the American League, you know, had the best chance with their style to win a batting title, it's Luis Arise. It's the tiny contact rate. It's the bat to ball skills, getting the velocity. It's the ridiculous plate discipline. It's ridiculous how how he approaches in at bat. He's been fun to watch since the minute he came up, and it's a huge, huge accomplishment for Luis Arise to do this. And uh, I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy he got to share that moment with his teammates today. It was a somber feeling because a lot of these guys, not Louie, thankfully, he's got three more years on his contract. A lot of these guys, and the Twins will break this down. The Twins should be looking to extend Luis to rise. A lot of these guys, I mean, most of them won't be back next year. The impending free agents, most of the impending free agents won't be back next year. You know, there was a chance Gio Rochella isn't back next year in some capacity. Gary Sanchez, unlikely to be back. Carlos Correa, unlikely to be back. You know, Michael Farmer's a free agent. Max Kepler, even, I would say, is unlikely to come back. He's got $8.5 million on his contract. I think they're going to move him. Maybe unlikely is not the word, but at least 50-50. I think it's a 50-50 decision or a 50-50 probability that Max Kepler returns in 2023. The, the team's going to need and is going to get a shakeup. I don't think you're going to see, let's run this baby back. The team's going to look a lot different next year. You have your pieces in place, and Louis is one of them. Louis is now 
part of your core. And he has been for a couple of years, but he's part of your we rely on you core. In 19, he was almost like this luxury that they had. Even in 2020, he's this luxury that they had to the core that was already set in place. He's leading the next core along with Byron Buxton, and you can't rely on Byron Buxton to be healthy in a season. So it's Luis Ariza's team in some ways, you know, for this next wave. I think I still think it's Buxton's team, the the energy that he brings, the leadership. It's those two together. But Luis played all year, 600 plate appearances. He's the batting champ, and as a 25 year old now. He's somebody we look to where he set the bar. He set the bar for himself where we're going to expect a lot and we're going to expect him to kind of lead the charge offensively in a lot of ways in 2023 and 2024 and 2025 and hopefully many seasons beyond 2025. He's been dealing with, with the hamstring. He's been dealing with injuries. He's been dealing with stuff for much of the second half and he still found a way to battle and get this thing done. Really, really special for Louie. The team is, again, going to look different in 2023. It's going to look different. I, I said that after 2021. It's going to look different. When you win 73, 78 games, it has to look different. It has to. The only way it shouldn't look different is if the Twins were in a position where they had a bunch of young guys who were just getting their feet wet in the majors, and they did have that this year. But when you win 78 games and you have you know veterans like they had I think you need to shake it up, and I think they will. I think you're going to see that. They haven't shied away from shaking things up. After 2021, I came on this show, and I said, I will be really surprised if they trade Josh Donaldson for a lot of reasons. One, I don't think anybody wants to take his contract. That's the biggest reason. Two, I don't think they're going to shake the the tree like that. I think he's going to be their third baseman. I think they view him as a veteran leader. I didn't think that they were going to trade him, and they did. They moved on. You know, they they – shook things up. They shook things up in the farm system. They went and got new vets and Sonny Gray and, you know, Carlos Correa. They shook things up and they they did things we didn't expect. And I once again expect them to do the unexpected in this offseason. I think we're going to see moves that are unforeseen. We're going to see shakeups and trades that we didn't think of. You know, Mitch Garver, the Mitch Garver trade comes to mind. I didn't see that as a super high possibility either. They traded Rodgers, Garver, and Donaldson. Like they recognize those guys were getting closer to free agency. They traded Jose Barrios as well. They weren't afraid to do that. Is it always the right move? It's debatable. Every case is individual. I think the Donaldson deal unquestionably was a good deal for the twins. They got Gio who was really good this year. Josh Donaldson's money's off the books. That's the most important thing for 2024 is that his $23 million salary is no longer on the twins books. They didn't have to eat any money in that case. The Yankees took it on. So it's, it's individual, you know, it's case by case. It's trade by trade. I don't think they're going to be scared to do it again this offseason. And I'm very interested to see where that happens. Is Louie Varlin going to be in the opening day rotation? Some early speculation on the 2023 Twins. Louie was really good today. And uh, interesting, interesting numbers on his pitch arsenal today. Let's get to Louie Varlin after this word from Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because Simply Safe is so great. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached. Customize the perfect system for your home 
in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Louis Varlin, interesting numbers today. And we got a tweet uh, to pull up from our friend Aaron Gleeman. I thought this was really interesting and maybe can help us think about this offseason for Louis Varlin. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull this baby up. If not, I'll tell you what it says. Aaron Gleeman, Louis Varlin's debut this season, five starts, 381 ERA, 26 innings, had 21 strikeouts and six walks. Joe Ryan's debut last year, five starts, 405 ERA, 26 and two-thirds innings, 30 strikeouts, and five walks. Interesting. Varlin had a very similar debut to Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan got beat up in his last start. His first four starts were incredible. You know, he brought a perfect game or whatever into the seventh inning in Cleveland. Like, he was simply amazing in his in at least three of his first four starts. But him and Louie, almost identical numbers in the first five starts of their career. And I've Louie is, is interesting to me because I, I think he's somebody – maybe more than Winder, maybe more than Woods Richardson. He's somebody I view with legitimate upside. If they've already gotten more velocity out of him, I think it's likely or hopefully possible that they can get another tick. If they could get another tick, that would go a long way. He averaged 93 and a half with the four seamer today, but the ball jumps out of his hand. It's lively. You know, the spin rate is good. He's got good ride on the four seamer. He threw a cutter 23 times today, a cutter. And I wondered this because I was watching and it had slider-like movement, but it was 90. And I saw that in his first couple of starts. Is he throwing a 90-mile-an-hour slider? StatCast says that that's a cutter. Says that's a cutter with an average spin rate at 2,200. And he averaged 88 miles an hour on that pitch. It's possible they switched that back. Like, they had characterized Simeon Woods-Richardson's four-seamers, a lot of them, as cutters based on the action. But I think... Varland has two different breaking balls. He's throwing a slider that averages 82 and a cutter that averages 88, which that could help him because he doesn't throw a ton of changeups. Having that third pitch be your cutter could help him against lefties, get in under their hands, you know, have more movement on your fastball, and it sets up the four seamer up and away to lefties. That's the biggest question mark for Varland. Not only that, like getting lefties out, but not giving up a bunch of home runs, especially to left handed hitters. Home runs. That's the biggest thing for Winder, for Varlin, you know, probably will be for Woods Richardson. It's the biggest thing for Joe Ryan, for Bailey Ober, because they have low to mid-90s fastballs, and they pitch at the upper part of the zone. They get swings and misses with their fastball in the upper third of the zone, and if you do that, you're going to give up some homers. So how do you limit those homers? I don't view the home run problem going away for Joe Ryan, but it's just, is it 35 homers or is it 30 homers? Is it 30 homers or is it 25 homers? There's going to be a lot. How many is that, though? That the, the margins matter with how many you're actually giving up. I think that'll be the case for Louis Varland as well. But, I mean, is it crazy to say I see him as the team's fifth starter next year? That it should he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be because if they're healthy and they go out and get a frontline starter, which they need to do in free agency or via trade, he won't be in the rotation. But I think I would feel comfortable with him being their fifth starter on opening day next year. I think he does enough. You know, he's got decent stuff. He's young. He's He knows how to pitch. He had great success in the minors. He's young, but he's not like super young, where now he's got a little bit of experience under his belt. He throws strikes for the most part. I think he could be a good fifth starter in 2023. But again, 
if they do things right, if they fill the right holes and they have a good offseason, he won't be on the opening day roster. The guys get hurt. You know, that would put him on the opening day roster, at least in the opening day rotation. But if things go right and they're relatively healthy, he shouldn't be. He should be triple A depth. And that's going to hopefully be a strength for them is that triple A depth in 2023. And, and I think Louis Varland's going to be a part of that. But I've really liked what we've seen out of him. He was good again today. You know, you look at his overall numbers. I know the White Sox have been have been not good, but they beat up on Josh Winder last night. Five innings, four hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts, no walks. Just two hard hit balls against Louis Varland today. On the whole, Cole Sands was good today too. The White Sox expected batting average is 188 on the day. So that shows you Louis was good and Cole Sands equally as solid in relief. I'm excited about Louis. I'm excited about what he could do in 2023 and not just 2023. I think another year of growth at AAA and as like a spot start kind of swing starter in the majors. I think that'll go a long way for him in 2023. He's got to stay healthy. These guys got to stay healthy, but I'm excited about, I'm excited about him because I think his arm is already lively and I believe that he could get livelier potentially in the off season. And if they moved him to the bullpen, he certainly would. If they do go out and get a frontline starter, I do think you'll see them move somebody into a bullpen role. It's probably Josh Winder into a, a bullpen role, like a legitimate one inning role. If they were to do that to anybody, it's probably Josh Winder, but don't rule out Kenta Maeda for that either. I think Kenta could, could easily go into a one inning role. I more so see him in a long relief, you know, piggybacking with Bailey Ober. I think that's the, the easiest best piggyback you'll see, or at least the most convenient piggyback because Ober's innings are going to be capped. So starts the season in the rotation, hypothetically, pitches five innings, Kenta comes in, throws two innings, and then turns it over to the bullpen. That would be the plan. you know. Or Josh Weiner comes in and, and throws two innings, and you turn it over to the bullpen. Because I, I have trouble believing that Bailey Ober is going to be able to bank on 100-plus innings next year. He just hasn't hit that mark. I mean, he did in 2021, minors, majors combined. I think he was at 120. But he hasn't gone over that. He's had an injury-riddled minor league and now major league career. So I, I would say if you get 80 to 110 innings out of Bailey Ober in 2022 or 2023, that's a pretty good outcome. And in order for that to happen, you're going to have to cap his innings, especially early in the season. You're going to have to piggyback somebody with him. And it's good because the Twins have guys who can piggyback. They have, as I said, Kenta Maeda. They have Josh Weiner. They have Louis Varlin, guys who can piggyback off of Bailey Ober. You could do that a little bit with Joe Ryan too, but he's got more innings on his arm and maybe you have to do it with Tyler Malley. Hopefully not. You know, he threw 170 something innings in 2021. Hopefully you don't have to do that with him, but it's possible. So they'll have, they'll have guys who can do that in 2023. I like this start from Louis Varland. And I liked a lot of the, uh, a lot of the starts we saw down the stretch. I thought Woods Richardson was solid. I thought Louis was good. You know, Winder struggled, but overall Joe Ryan had a very good September uh, Bailey Ober was very good when he came back. So, you know, good stuff from the young starters. It's what you want to see. And Matt Walner had his moments. In, in what has become a lost season, you look for the young guys to to fill it in. And I think they have in September as much as they can, you know, as much as you can expect from them, which is uh, a decent outcome for for where we were at. But don't get me wrong. it was a It was a truly brutal September. And now I sit here and the season's over. The season's over. It's sad. It's a sad day. I feel sad. I feel sad the season's over. There's nothing more I love than than watching the Twins. You know, I would take this last series. I say now, like, oh, God, we're just trudging along through the end of the season. But in January, I'm going to be dying to watch a three-game series that doesn't matter in Chicago against the White Sox. I would love to watch that, watch live baseball, and I'll be so excited 
when they come back uh, for spring training in Fort Myers. And it, that's, it's that bittersweet, that bittersweet feeling. It's sad, but you're also, you know, grateful a little bit that it has come to an end and they have so much work to do. I said this last, last year, it's, it's very similar. It's a similar script. I said it last year. They have so much work to do when you win 73 games, like they did in 2021, you have a lot of work to do when you win 78 games in 2022, you have a lot of work to do. And for me, the biggest things that stand out, you got to find a way to keep these guys healthy. Like if, if this happens continuously and it has, if this happens over and over with the injury, you're never, you're never going to win. Like you're just not going to win. If your best players constantly are hurt, you're not going to win. And it, you can't do it for Byron Buxton. Cause you, you just can't rely on him staying healthy. It's you can't do it. You hope he does and you do whatever in your power to try to keep him healthy and on the field. Everybody else the continuous constant injuries like is there a way to try to alleviate that in 2023 whatever you can do whatever you can do i don't know what it is i i'm not an expert i don't know what they could do you know is it a new training staff they just did that you know a couple of years ago is it a new regimen for guys is it personalized plans i'm sure they're already doing all that stuff so what can you do to try to be healthier in 2023 that's where it starts try to be healthier and then beyond that you need to have a great offseason. They need to go out and get top-end players this winter, and they have the payroll flexibility. We'll do a full payroll breakdown. They are not poor. They have, they have money to spend this offseason. You have the money. You have the resources to go out and get top-of-the-line players. You have a shortstop who wants to be in Minnesota if all things are equal. He wants to be here. Step up. Pay that star shortstop. You have a free agent on the starting pitching market who's a clear fit, and you don't want to target one guy because they, you know, guys choose where they want to be geographically or whatever. Carlos Rodon is a clear fit for this team. They need a frontline starter. If you can't get Rodon, go out and find him in, in trade or try to find a way, you know, to get more out of somebody in free agency. But I need from them to target and be aggressive with guys they want. If you truly believe in Carlos Rodon, go out and make him that six year deal that puts it over the top. Like the risk. The risk aversion is is not real. The, the real risk, again, is what it, what we've seen, and that's losing guys constantly and, and a lot of guys who aren't good on one-year deals. That's that's the risk. You just can, constant turnover, constant turnover. That's the risk of it. If you believe in Carlos Rodon, go give him that six-year deal. If you believe in Carlos Correa, go give him the money. And this is for ownership too, like ownership and the front office. It's time to commit to winning, and that's what I've said throughout in the last couple of weeks, commit to winning. I think they really liked Zach Wheeler after 2019. I think they believe Zach Wheeler was a step away from being an ace. And guess what? He was, he's worth a lot more than what he signed for with the Phillies and free agency. They like Zach Wheeler, but not enough, you know, not enough to give him that sixth year or that seventh year, like not enough to do that. And it's possible even if they did, Wheeler was never coming because he wanted to be out East with his family. I get that. But in other cases, as we say, these cases are individual. If you really like somebody in free agency, if you really like somebody in trade, take that extra step. I, I'm I'm sick of the we really like him, but we're gonna go after you know Chris Archer instead. We really like him, but we're gonna you know trade for Elvis Andrews like that. Those things, I, I'm I'm over that, and it's not working. It's not working. You know they've had back to back losing seasons. That is not working. If that was working. They were able to get more out of Bundy or Archer or guys they've signed. If that was or relievers, Joe Smith, if that was working, I would be 
I'm bored with it. Okay, that's fine. Like it's works. It's a formula that works. It doesn't work. So if things aren't working, you have to change up your process. And again, I've seen, I've seen hints of it. I've seen hints of them changing up the process. I think the Mali trade for a top 100 prospect in Spencer Steer, somebody who's on the border of the top 100 in Christian Encarnacion Strand and Steve Hajar, that's something I don't think they would have done a year ago. Trading for Jorge Lopez, especially something I don't think they would have done a year ago because it's investing in a reliever who has a half season of, of good pitching, like of being a good pitcher. So I've seen signs that they are changing that process, things they've been so staunch on for years. Keep going. Keep going. In free agency, go that extra mile. Find the guys you want and secure the guys you want. Most importantly, secure the guys you want and try to try your very best. Don't be limited. Try your very best to field a winner in 2023. And that's that comes with just acquiring elite players and staying healthier on the major league roster. Acquiring elite talent and staying healthier. Those are your keys. It's easier said than done. It's easier said than done especially for the twins who have a self-imposed payroll. It's, it's easier said than done, but that's what needs to happen if they want to get back. That's, those are the keys for me. Try to find a way to stay healthier and to acquire elite talent, and we'll be here breaking it all down this offseason. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make your second listen. The Lockdown MLB podcast, MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you so much for listening all season long to these post games, to the postcasts. Thank you for tuning in to what was a very frustrating second half, especially for the Twins. I'll be here all offseason. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And as always, at the end of the 2022 season, we say, go Twins.